Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor employment lawyers from the best law firms from around the globe. I'm your host, Steve Hirschfeld. Today is Tuesday, which means it's a special day. That's when we do the Employment Matters podcast, which we call Travel Tuesday. And each week, we get the chance to dial in a member from somewhere around the world who we ask to share with us important things we need to know about doing business in their jurisdiction. And today, we're lucky because we got Susan Stauffeld, who's a partner at Miller Nash in the great state of Washington, up in the northwestern part of the United States. And I'm really delighted to have her on the podcast. Susan, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good, Steve. Thanks. Good. Well, you know, when I think of Seattle, immediately I'm thinking Boeing, Amazon, Microsoft. As a business person, that comes to mind. Is that what the state has or is it something different? Tell us a little bit about what's the business climate like right now in Washington? What are the industries that are hot? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, you know, Washington's kind of interesting. We have the Cascade Mountains come down through the middle of the state and it's almost like there are two states. You describe Western Washington, which is where about 80% of the people live, but it's green, it's lush, we get rain. So very mild climate though, doesn't snow where people live. And you have Boeing, obviously we're known for Boeing and the companies that support it, but we're also getting known very much for the tech industries that we have. You mentioned Amazon and of course we've got Microsoft, Google is getting quite a presence in Washington, Nintendo, a number of other high-end tech industries like that. We've got some of the space companies like Blue Origin, a lot of maritime on that side of the state, and it's very much the growing, vibrant part of the state. Eastern Washington is also vibrant, but very different. It is much more rural. It is agriculture, some you know manufacturing going on over there. We're known for our apples. We're known for our wheat, and we're getting known for our wines. We're competing with you there. No, I, I mean, Walla Walla, Washington is now the hot place at Cabernets and Syrahs. I know it well. And Walla Walla Sweets, the great onion is from your place. Yes, the onions. We're also so, getting known so for our cannabis me. industry in Washington. So is cannabis legal in Washington state right now? It is. A few years ago, they decriminalized it. We started first with medical marijuana, and then we went into just decriminalizing it. And so we've become actually quite a tourist location for cannabis events. But you have a variety of different, you know, producers and then retail operations. Uh, There's some hospitality industries or locations that just have you show up and enjoy their different products. So let's say that I'm from another part of the U.S. or or maybe, I don't know, Europe or Asia, and I was opening an operation of some sort of factory, production, manufacturing facility. Maybe it's a, you know, some type of a white collar office. What do you think I should know about setting up a business in Washington state and employing people there? Is there anything unique? There's a couple of unique things here, and I'll, I'll give you one right off the bat that employees like. Washington state does not have a state income tax, a personal state income tax. So employees get to keep, you know, more of their income. Companies will have to pay a B&O tax, which is essentially a gross income tax, but it's got different ratings depending on what kind of business you are and various other factors. But employers also like Washington State because our educational levels are really good. We have have a highly educated population, which is useful in a lot of ways. Some other things to keep in mind, you mentioned, you know, the tech industry. Obviously, things like non-competes and non-solicitations are big in the tech industry. We now have a statute that has some very specific requirements in it. For example, to have an actual non-compete agreement, the employee has to have been earning this year 
over $107,000 a year annualized. And that amount's going to go up every year with inflation. And if they don't meet that, then you cannot enforce non-compete. And if you try to even have that kind of a non-compete, you can get sued and then get the employee and get damages and attorney's fees. So you want to make sure you're doing that right. Non-solicitations aren't covered by the statute, but that's very narrowly defined. So if that kind of a restrictive covenant is important to you, you need to really need to consult with a local attorney to make sure you're getting it done right. We also have a paid family medical leave, which is a state government-run program, which is paid for by employee premiums and employer premiums, depending on the size of the employer. And it's very much like the U.S. federal FMLA, but it provides a, a government benefit during that time period. They can run together. They don't have to run together. So some employees can string together 24 weeks of leave. It can be very interesting to maneuver around. We're still getting to know it. It's kind of new. One other thing that we have some kind of quirky wage and hour requirements in this state. For one thing, we have a higher minimum wage in the federal. The state minimum wage is $14.49 an hour right now. Goes up every year on an inflation factor. And we are phasing in higher salary rates for the white collar exemptions to be exempt. Right now, the weekly salary has to be $1,014.30 in order to be exempt, as well as meeting the duties test. And one really quirky little thing about Washington is you can't take deductions from a paid leave bank in anything less than an hour to offer exempt employees. Otherwise, you ruin the exemption. Let me ask you about something different. And that's unions. You know, when I think of Boeing, I think of a unionized business. Is that true in other parts of the state? I mean, is that something I need to be concerned about if I open some kind of an operation in Seattle? Is unionization a big deal right now? Unions are very strong in the state of Washington. I think we have one of the the most unionized employee populations west of the Mississippi. A lot of that is government employees that are most of the employee members, but not entirely. We've obviously, you know, we've got the longshoremen on the waterfront, very strong union. Boeing has the mechanics unions. Boeing also has an engineer's union. My doctor is a member of a union. So we have unions at all different kinds of levels. And it is something that you need to keep in the forefront of your mind as you're thinking about coming to Washington. That is a strong possibility. So I got to figure that it's a expensive state to do business. Do I have that right, Susan? Yes, it is an expensive state to do business. Also, it's an expensive place for employees right now because the cost of living is going up pretty rapidly. You know, and I realize that's happening in a lot of places around the country, but it is definitely an expensive place to live, particularly west of the mountains where where the majority of the business occurs, the Seattle area for example. Not so much east of the mountains and, you know, that might be a reason to locate east of the mountains. Kind of depends on what what your needs of your business are. So have you noticed, like we have in California with the tech industry, that with COVID, we've had people moving out of the state to work remotely. Has that been a trend in Seattle? And what are you seeing along those lines? It has been. And I'm getting a lot of questions from clients about an employee that wants to go live in, you know, Kansas, Nebraska, somewhere where the cost of living is cheaper. But, you know, as you know, that has obligations on employers to comply with the laws of that state as well. And it's not as always as easy to do as the employees think it is. Most of my clients are looking here, they're willing to agree to a regional area, say Washington, Oregon, Idaho. You can live in there. Outside of that, they're not going to support you living someplace else because of the administrative costs and the costs of of setting up an employee in another state. So you're actually seeing some companies say, no go, moving out of state, just too difficult, too expensive, not to let you do it. Correct. 
And then maybe one final thing, because we've talked about COVID a little bit. What's the current state of vaccinations in your state? Are people, A, most people getting vaccinated, and B, are most of your clients mandating vaccinations? Yes, a fairly significant portion of the population that's been vaccinated against COVID. We just lifted the mask mandates around the uh, for public areas around the state. We still require vaccines for certain employment, healthcare, teachers, you know, and a couple other types of positions are still required to be mandated. Outside of that, I'm seeing a real mix from my employers on whether or not they're mandating the vaccines or not. I can't even say it's in any particular one industry. It's really the personality of any employer on whether or not they're going to continue or to require the vaccines or not require the vaccines at this point. So maybe one final thing, because all you do is employment law. What's the most common issue you're dealing with today? And from an HR perspective, compliance with the various different employment mandates coming down from the state and also from the city of Seattle. And I do want to mention this real quick. Somebody comes into Seattle. We have our our state obligations. Seattle itself has even separate obligations from the state. The Seattle minimum wage, for example, is $17.27 an hour. So, you know, more than $3 more than the state minimum wage. It has a bunch of other requirements for employees in that area. And that's where some out-of-state employers often get themselves caught up. They come into Seattle, they look at the Washington law, and they forget to check the Seattle requirements and find themselves to be in a bit of a problem sometimes. Right. Susan, thanks so much for your time. It's been great. Oh, it's been great talking to you, Steve. If any of you want to connect with Susan, all you have to do is you can find her bio by clicking on her name in the description of this podcast. And please, we encourage you to visit ela.law to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, to download our white papers, to get our on-demand content from our online library, and maybe most importantly, to access the ELA's free online global floor handbook, which is a 50-state, 100-country compliance manual on hiring and firing worldwide. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of employment labor lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Steve Hirschfeld. Thanks for listening.